Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together God, to go back to your word and to see what it says and see what our life is about and what you've called us to do. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to every person in this room in such a real and unique way that they would never be the same again. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Well, awesome. Like Pastor David said, my name is Hannah Reisner. I serve and have the honor and privilege of serving as a missions director for over the last nine years at Our Savior's Church. I know I look 19, so I was... However old, don't ask me to do math, but that's my sister's job. But I am in my 20s. I won't tell you how old, I'll let you guess. And I've had the honor and privilege of serving here and serving you. Some of you in this room have been on missions trips with us and have seen and tasted the presence of God in such a real and unique way that's left you never the same. You're gonna see that a lot of our uh, posters, our social media, t-shirts, never the same. And I wanna go and explain that to you. But the very first thing I wanna tell you, if you are a note taker in the room, this message is called Missions, the Heart of Heaven. And so missions, the heart of heaven, I saw like four heads go down to take notes. So good job for y'all. So you'll remember this, but we're going to go to Matthew 28. If you were, you shouldn't be surprised. Is anybody surprised we're going to be in Matthew 28? No, it's like, duh, of course. We're going to be in Matthew 28 and we're going to read it together. I'm going to read out of the CSB version in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And it says, the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. This is a very common verse. We're gonna see it in Hobby Lobby and Mardell's and on bookmarks and notebooks and all that. Go and make disciples, go and make disciples is awesome. But what does this have to do with the purpose that God has called each one of us to? I don't know if you were here a couple months ago, I wanna see by a show of hands, how many of you were here for our Kingdom Culture uh, series that we did probably in September? or so, I I would need real high. I gotta know because this is important. Okay, awesome. Okay, somebody, if you missed it, please go back and listen to it. It was amazing. And the reason I'm telling you about this, this series we did, we talked about creation. From the very beginning of time, God created Adam and Eve, man and woman, to be close to him in connection with him. They communed with God in the Garden of Eden. But then we know all about what happened in Genesis 3. Sin entered the picture and the fall took place and sin separated man from God, right? I'm just saying it as quickly as I can and in layman's terms. I know Dr. Scott would have much more colorful things to say. But from there, redemption took place. And the best verses that I could find on redemption really is John 3, 16 through 17. Out of the CSB, it says, For God loved the world in this way that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And I love this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but he sent his son to save the world through him. Isn't that amazing? There's no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, he sent to save. 
And in that though, the only way that man could dwell and commune with God again, man's original design was to be close to God, would only come through the ultimate sacrifice. Sin cost us something. We know that, right? Sin costs us something. And God in his kindness, like the verse says, loved the world in this way, that he sent his most loved to be sacrificed so that we could be loved. I don't know about that, you, but if you sit and you think about that for a long time, it's overwhelming. He sent his most prized, precious possession in exchange for you and for me. That was not an even trade. I don't know about you at all. For me, at least it wasn't. And then after that, redemption, we learned about in a kingdom culture, new creation, a beautiful picture of what's to come when Jesus comes back again and all will be made right once more. So you see from Genesis 3, the fall, to Revelation 21, new creation. This is important. It isn't just by random chance. It isn't just this like, oh, God just felt like it. God had done this on purpose, allowed these things to happen on purpose. Because without understanding this kingdom culture, Genesis 3, the fall to Revelation 21, new creation, missions just wouldn't make sense to us. That's why I think God's just in the details because he set that up for us a couple months ago, knowing today would be Mission Sunday, Pastor David, and going, missions wouldn't make sense without it. Man's original design was to be close to God and missions could easily, I know some of you might go, well, that's just a handout. That's just a vacation or a check. I did a good job for my year of like checklist, I guess, type of thing and going, oh, cool, cool. I did that once. I don't ever need to do it again. But I'm here to tell you though, it isn't just a one-time thing. It isn't just a seasonal thing. Living on mission is a lifestyle. And when you look and you go Revelation, I mean, Genesis 3 to Revelation 21, it is missional. This story of the Bible, the word of God, because all God was trying to do from Genesis 3 to Revelation 21 was bring man and God back into the original design together to be close, to be near, because sin separates us from God, right? And God has been on mission from the second sin separated man from God and has been on mission ever since to restore back his original intention for you and for me and for the lost of this world, just to be close again. And so some of you even might go, okay, cool. That's awesome. Thank you, God. (laughs) I love you, Jesus. You're so amazing. This is so great. But like, what do you, Hannah, what do you want me to do about this? Because I'm not here just to give you information. I'm actually here to challenge each one of you because I don't know about you. Did you know the world did not revolve around you? Plot twist, you are not the center of the world. Your needs are not the center of the world. It might be for you personally, but there are greater things that are going on on this earth. Read 1 Peter 5, he talks about Peter to the believers who are going through persecution and he goes, you have no, this is Hannah's translation. You have no idea what's going on across the world. There are many others suffering the same way as you. And he goes, but don't worry. When you've endured suffering for a little while, God will restore, establish, and strengthen you just as he always does. Take that as encouragement. First Peter 5, that's not even in my notes. So that, my friends, is for free. So we're gonna go back to Matthew 28. What is the purpose? Okay. The 11 disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountains where Jesus had directed them. He had just risen from the dead and is like, hello, I'm back. But obviously didn't say it like that. But he's going, I want you to meet me over here. So the disciples are running, going to this mountain where he told them. 
And we're gonna sit on this one next verse and it says, and when they saw him, some worshiped, but some doubted. I found that really, really interesting. I've read this verse too many times to count. Some worshiped him when they saw him, but some were still going, wait, make this make sense. How many of you in the room are very realistic thinkers? Going, I'm not a big dreamer. I'm going, I need reality. I need it right in front of me. I need to see a show of hands real, real high. Okay, so you are the doubters in the room in this story, my friends. And the rest of you are the worshipers. Let me just tell you, one is not more holy than the other. Isn't it awesome that we read in scripture that God, Jesus himself conquered death in the, hell in the grave and still people were going, huh? I don't understand. I need this to make sense. I don't know about you, that relieves me. As much of a dreamer as I am, I still am going, I need to know why. Help it make sense to me. And when I read that, I'm going, how incredible is it that we could be walking through so many seasons of our life, so many things happening to us. Sometimes the holidays are the best season and the best time of the year. And sometimes it's a reminder of everything that you lack or even everything that you've lost. It's not easy. It's okay to doubt in the middle of Jesus even blessing us. Okay, we all have breath in our lungs, a roof over our head, clothes on our back. You are blessed in this room. There is no reason for any of us to be complaining about a lack. We lack nothing. Remember the Lord is my shepherd? You know, Miss Kim, you feel me? Yeah? And we look at that and we go, what an incredible opportunity that we have. In missions, God has called us to go reach the nations. It's okay, some of you are in the room going, "Mm, I don't know if that's for me, that's doubt. Mm, I don't know how that's gonna make sense, that's doubt, that's okay. Some of you are going, this is what I've been waiting for my entire life. Might just be me and one other person in the room, I don't know. But you look and I love what scripture says right after it. Some worshiped him and some doubted, but what did Jesus do? He came near to both. He didn't push one away, he didn't kick one aside, He didn't say, oh, you don't got it together. You don't understand. You don't got any faith. So I'm going to distance myself. He came near to both people and said, let me tell you what your purpose is, worshiper, and what your purpose is, doubter. And then he goes on to go, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, worshiper and doubter, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. Even in your doubt, even in your fear, even in your worry or your stress or going, Hannah, you have no idea what's going on in my life. I get it. You have no idea what's going on in mine. But I'm coming up here to tell you, it doesn't matter. God has given each one of us an assignment, a purpose, and you be shocked that your greatest burden and heart's desire or need and all that, when you build God's house, you'd be shocked how much he builds yours. You'd be surprised at how much he meets every need in the process of when the Bible talks about in Matthew, when you lay your life down is actually when you really find it. When you try to hold on to it is when you lose it. There might be some of us in the room that might be holding on to our lives too hard to go, man, I don't know about these finances. It's the holidays. I don't know what to do. Why are we having Mission Sunday? Don't they know Christmas? Black Friday was two days ago? They don't know what I spent on Amazon? Okay, what? But Pastor David, it was, I believe, man can plan, but the Lord ordains his steps, right? I think maybe, just maybe, for a reason, Mission Sunday at Midtown was for here. On this day, 
The Great Commission is not a suggestion, my friends, or for when you feel like it. We don't pick and choose what we choose to be obedient in the word of God, right? We take the whole thing and go, this is absolute truth. Every single word of this I stand on. You'd be shocked if you just read God's word and did what it said for a year, how much your life would change. Because it causes you to sacrifice your fleshly desires, your selfish motives, and go, okay, God, what do you want for me? The word commission, the great commission, we read it. The word commission itself means this, and I think it's uh, notes on the screen. It's an instruction, a command, or a duty given to a person or a group of people, a group of people officially charged with a particular function. What does that tell us? The Great Commission isn't just a checklist, but it's actually an identity and a purpose that's been given to us. I'm here to tell you today, my friends, that the Great Commission is not a suggestion. It's actually your greatest purpose here on this earth. And it's your greatest assignment. It's a group of people officially charged with a particular function in the body of Christ, AKA going, here's what you are to do. And as believers, this is our great assignment and our greatest purpose on this earth. And I would even, I might step on some toes, so hide them under your chairs, do whatever you gotta do. Dare even say that if you're not walking in your God-given purpose, your God-given identity, your God-given function, you will never be fulfilled in this life. You will always hunger and long for more. Nothing will ever satisfy. But I just wanna just make something very, very clear to you. Just cause you're not traveling to a foreign country my job today isn't just to get you on a mission trip. I believe every believer should go on a mission trip at least once in their life. My heart, I told Pastor David this several days ago, was that if you don't walk, if I, my prayer is that you would walk out of here knowing that your purpose on this earth has a part to play in the Great Commission. It will look very, very different for each one of us. Your mission field, some of you, is it's right here where we are, and God has entrusted us with great influence great reach for the lost here in this community to reach and go discipleship is simply this going and teaching others what God has taught you go and make disciples so I'm going to go and teach others what God has taught me that's discipleship that's living on mission and if you feel like okay well, I, I don't know if I'm doing that. I don't know if I'm living that. I don't know if I'm living on mission or teaching others what God has taught me. I'll just tell you this. If the answer is no, I've got great news for you. You can always start today. You can always go, okay, today I'm making the decision. Even if I'm still trying to figure out my relationship with God, or even you might go, Hannah, you have no idea what I've walked through. You have no idea what I've done. Same. Me too. We're all on the same page here. We're all on the same playing field here. Every single one of us has something to go, let me show you how God has met me, how God has transformed me, how God has forgiven me. Because I'll tell you this, he, he really doesn't have to. He really doesn't need to, but he chooses to. You know what I mean? And again, I could tell you countless stories of people who go and live on mission every single day. And I could tell you all the stories about the mission trips that are gonna make you wanna cry and be like, huh, the babies. It's not about the babies. I love the babies, don't get me wrong but it is about reaching the lost and discipling the found. That's what we're about. Reaching people, building lives. It's a mission of OSC. It's missional all around. But when we look at it and we go, just because Hannah 
is called to live overseas for a time. I go back and forth throughout the year constantly. I love it. It fires me up. Some of you are going, oh gosh, I'm exhausted just even thinking about that idea. That freaks me out. That scares me. And that's okay. Some worship, some doubted, remember? But Jesus still came near. You got to talk back to me, my friends. We got to get here. You feel me? We're on the same page? Okay, good. But just because some of us might feel called to go back and forth or live overseas full time and all that doesn't mean that the local church means nothing. The global church cannot exist without the local church. It's not either or, it's both and, because what's important is our church, what you get poured into every Sunday. Your pastors give everything they've got to you every Sunday to turn around for you to go give it away, not just to stay with you. So some of that might be represented in going on a global mission trip and going, I, that's my next step in my walk with the Lord. I need to step out in faith. I need to be bold, be brave, all that kind of stuff. And we look at that and go, okay, awesome. But some of you are going, no, that's just really, I've got 35,000 kids. I don't know what to do. This is not gonna happen for me. You can still live on mission here. Let me just make that very clear. The local church and the global church have to exist together. And when they work together, that's when we see heaven come. And again, I could tell you so many countless stories, but there's one I'm gonna tell you briefly about a man named Sam George. He, he's from our Opelousas campus. Opelousas is a very poor, poverty-stricken community. But our Savior's church just so happens to have the most beautiful building in the city. That was a part of your faithfulness. One, thank you for your generosity to help that even be, make that even happen. Where we're able to reach a community who has never had anything nice, go, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And go, but it can be yours too. It's, it's God's house. How amazing is this? And we look at that and he goes, and, he's, and I, we're like, Sam George, you've got to get on a mission trip. It's your next step. You need to go. He's very influential in the community. And he goes, okay, let me just, uh, fun fact. He did not hate it. I hate to break it to you. You're going to go on a trip. You're going to love it. You're going to get stretched. You're going to get challenged. That's for sure. But we're going to take really, really good care of you. But Sam, I pushed him every step of the way. I was like, dog, you've got to lead this thing. And he loves sports. So we did a sports camp in Haiti. And it was amazing. He was sharing the gospel to the lost in the community through athletics. How fun is that? And he was able to teach Bible verses and stories and tell about Jesus and all this kind of stuff. That man got wrecked. I basically had to pull him up off the floor to try and get on the airplane because he was crying so much. I'm like, somebody's got to be strong here. And it can't be me right now. I need you to be, because I'm crying, he's crying, we're all crying, nobody wants to leave. Sam's perspective totally changed. He had a never the same moment. He encountered the presence of God in such a real and new way that he came back to the States going, I can't be the same person anymore. And so he started driving around Opelousas and going, man, this, I, I see things different. Why are there no uh, nets in the basketball goal? Why, why is that? Why is there trash everywhere? Why is this so like, ugh? And instead of going, man, somebody really should do something about that. Or man, why hasn't the government stepped up? Or this doesn't make any sense or anything like that. He started to go, mm, wait, maybe God is showing me because I'm needing to be responsible for it. Maybe God is showing me, so now I have a burden for it and going, wait a second. If God is showing me, maybe now I'm responsible to bring the change. We could all go around Lafayette, this area. There's some nice areas and there's some not nice areas. And we could all go, man, somebody should really do something about that trash. 
But maybe God is allowing you to see it, to go, hmm, if I see it, maybe now I'm responsible. My question to you is today, what have you seen that you haven't been responsible for? What have you seen that you've refused to be obedient to because God's reminding you of going, wait, life isn't about me. You get what I'm saying? And Sam came back totally living on mission, now taking ownership for his own community because again, local and global church need to coexist together because the local church goes out into the community, out into the world, taking what they learn here, bringing it out there. What you learn out there, you bring back here. You get what I'm saying? And Sam took that ownership and going, man, just wrecked his life, his never the same moment. And that's what we want, everybody to encounter the presence of God in such a real and new way that leaves him never the same again. That's when we're gonna see heaven come. That's when we're gonna see the lost actually become found. That's when we're gonna see discipleship happen and churches transformed and lives and hearts made whole like never before. And I'll just tell you this, If you wanna leave a legacy, again, we just came out of our legacy series. Be impressed that I'm remembering all these series we've just done and all this because I can't remember what happened yesterday. We just did our legacy series. You wanna leave a legacy? Give your life away. Because this world, fun fact, newsflash, is not your permanent home anyways. We're just, Hebrews 13 talks about we're just wanderers passing through going, I'm not even supposed to be here long-term because Hannah's home is in heaven, not on this earth. So my job really isn't to collect all these material things and do all this stuff though. Okay, no, I've got a house, I got a car, I got friends and family, I love it. Got clothes on my back. I ain't suffering. I walk through hard things. God prunes, he cuts back, it hurts. Oh my gosh. But it's in his kindness, he does it to remind us in a place of humility going, I can't do anything without him. The very breath in my lungs, I don't take it. It's been given to me to use. Does that make sense? You feel me? And so we go in there and I'm gonna show and I'm gonna end you with this. You might go, okay, that's awesome. Sam, awesome. I'm so glad his life changed. Great. But you still might be going, okay, what does this have to do with me? Okay, I'm gonna remind you, the world doesn't revolve around you, okay? We're gonna go back to the Great Commission. Go into all the world, teach others what God has taught you. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live on mission? That's awesome. How can I live on mission even more? Guess what? There's not like an end goal. It's until we reach heaven is the end goal. We can always live on mission even more. And I'll just tell you about my own life. Again, I've been doing doing this gig for nine years and it's a miracle they've let me do this for nine years, Pastor David. I probably was supposed to get fired about 10 times, about once a year. My life gets on the line because I do something dumb and all that kind of stuff. But I will tell you this, there's no better place than to be pastored and to be shepherded and to become under the oversight of our Savior's church and our pastors and our leaders, I'll tell you that. They've been too kind and too gracious to me. And we look and go, when I was 18 years old, my parents are like, okay, Hannah, you've got to go. You've got to go on it. You've got to go somewhere. You've got to graduate high school because that was a stretch and that was a miracle. I just basically skid across that stage. Why are y'all laughing? I don't look smart. Miss <laughs> Kim knows she was there. I'm going, I just got to get there. And my parents, Hannah, we just got to get Hannah to graduate it's just, as long as she just passes because education. Academics wasn't my thing and good thing Dr. Scott's not here, okay? And so I'm just going, I gotta get, I gotta get out of here. 
But my parents were like, yeah, but you can't stay here. You need to go get an education. I'm like, did y'all not realize how difficult the last four years were? And just started praying and going, God, what do I do? And I remembered when I was 12 years old, my parents, it was their, their biggest heart's desire was to get us, each one of us, um, one of three. Hillary is our old, my older sister, myself, and then William is our younger brother. To get each one of us on a mission trip at least once in our life and just go, God, they're yours, figure it out with them. Like, we don't know what to do with her, leave. And I remember that I was 12 years old and I went on my first mission trip and my mom cried like I was going to war and I was never coming back. She was like, oh my gosh. We were at the Broussard campus. We drove across the border of Texas to Mexico. It's not like I traveled far. And she is bawling and squalling. We're bawling and squalling. It was me and Hillary's first mission trip. And I crossed that border and it was like something inside of me came alive. At 12 years old, I don't know anything. I am stupid. I am an imbecile. I'm a daggum baby. And something ignited within me to go, wait a second. People do this with their lives? Laying your life down, you actually find it. And laying my life down for the whole week, I was going, oh my gosh, what in the world? This is amazing. And for since 12 years old to 18, every summer I fundraised to go on a mission trip because I was like, I've tasted and seen God in a way that I could never even put to words to you even now. My only thing is going, you just had to be there. And when I go and I'm crying and figuring this out, what do I do? What do I do with my life? All this kind of stuff. Pastor Jim LaFoon, I'm sure Pastor Jim's preached here before, yeah. Pastor Jim LaFoon, a prophet, Pastor Jacob and Miss Michelle's pastor, prophesied over me at a young age was like, missions is her thing. She's always gonna have a suitcase packed. She's never gonna wanna stay in one place, okay? It's very true, it all happened. And he goes, and we were talking to him one day and he's going, well, if Hannah wants to do missions, because that's what she's called to do, why doesn't she go to Manila, Philippines and go to school there? And I'm like, where's the Philippines? Is that like far? And he's like, girls in Asia. And I was like, well, where's that? Barely past geography. Now I know where every country is, I'll tell you that. But at 18, I'm like, what? To speak English? Like, and they're like, it's a six month program. And I'm like, what? I'd only ever been gone for two weeks at the, lo- the longest extent of time away from my family. And I instantly wanted to say no. And I did, I was like, heck. No, I am not doing this. Fear, the doubter in me. I don't have the money. I don't have the means. I'm not called. I'm not anointed enough. I don't know anything. I barely am saved. I don't know, what am I doing? And my parents are like, yeah, that's for sure. You're barely saved, but we got to figure that out. And so looking at all that and I'm freaking out, I'm on the floor crying to my dad one day, just going, what am I supposed to do? Graduation's about to come up and I have no plans. And he goes, what have you always said, Hannah, since you were a kid about your life? I was like crying, that <laughs> I want my life to mean something. And he was like, yeah, again, he had no grace for me or sympathy whatsoever. He was like, here's some tissues dried up. I want my life to mean something. He's like, yeah, you wanted it to be an adventure, right? I was like, yeah. And my mom, if we were in her office when we were talking and my mom had this, these rocks on her bookshelf because my mom's a teacher by nature, so she needs a visual, you know? 
So you got faith, hope, love, peace, kindness, whatever. And he grabbed this one rock and he goes, listen to me. If any of us are gonna do what God has called us to do, it's gonna take a lot of this. And he goes, you need this. And this is the rock my dad gave me. And I've had it since I was 18. Okay, I'm 29. And I've kept it with me everywhere I've gone. And on this rock, it says courage. Because you're gonna need a lot of courage in order to do what God has called you to do on this earth. It's not gonna come in your own strength. It's not gonna come in your own might or in your own way. It's gonna come from God, from the great commission. He says, you don't have to look or search for your purpose on this earth. It's right here in my word. Go and make disciples. If you feel like worshiping or if you're a doubter today, your purpose doesn't change. He doesn't change his mind with us. He's got a plan and a purpose, Jeremiah 29, 11, a hopeful future for every single one of us. And I wanna challenge you today with that, that in order to do what God has called each one of you to do, you're gonna need a lot of this. Now that I think about it, I should have got y'all all rocks and given all to y'all as y'all left. I'll throw it to y'all so we catch. No, but you gotta give it back. This is probably one of the most special things to me outside of my own like physical Bible. My house could be burning down and those are two things I'm gonna grab. Even though it's a rock, it's not gonna go anywhere. But it's gonna take a lot of courage, friends, to do what God's called you to do. Some of you, it might be a missions trip. Go out, our team is out there. They're gonna answer every question you've got. It might go, you know what, I can't go, but I'm gonna send. We got some t-shirts out there. T-shirt, short sleeve, long sleeve, sweatshirts, whatever your heart desires, it's out there. That's gonna help send others who are going on mission trips as well. So go plant a seed in somebody else's life. You can go or you can send or even you can pray and go, you know what? I'm gonna stand in the gap for these guys while they go to tell the truth and shame the devil while they're doing it. I'm gonna surround them in prayer because that's the best thing you could do. We desperately need it. We've got like, feels like a million trips happening next year. I think it's like seven or eight or whatever. I should know this by heart, but we're gonna have the best time. But I just wanna remind you, courage, the great commission, go therefore make disciples of all nations. And then the best part about it is that as he gives us our great commission, he gives us Jesus, his great commitment. And remember this always, I'll be with you to the very ends of the age. He'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. He's never forgotten about you. But I just wanna pray for us today as we close for those in the room who are going, man, I need some of that courage. I need that. I need to be a worshiper, not a doubter anymore. And I wanna pray for us and I wanna challenge you. Do it afraid anyways. Go talk to the team, at least investigate. Doesn't hurt, but we're gonna pray. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you, God, for the opportunity, Father, that you've given us to come and just share your word together. Father, I just pray, God, you would start moving in ways that we never even knew possible for every person in this room, their greatest heart's desire, God. As they lay their life down, Lord, would they truly find it in you? Would their great, your great commission for us be put on us, God, as our great assignment and our great purpose in this world and in this lifetime, God? I bless every person in this room and I pray a spirit of courage over every single one of them, God, where they'd encounter you every time and never be the same. God, we love you. We commit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen.